Share with Fuel Outdoor Gear. It's Jason. Brandon. This is Nick. Yes, come on, Chuck. Put your new hat on. <laughs> Lord, he don't even know his name. He struggled a little bit. I, I did. I'm, I'm trying to change it up every time and I screw it up. So It's probably yeah. them glasses. You look really old with them on. I am old, as right. we've all talked about. That's <laughs> true. That is true. But I got a new hat. I'm happy about it. I like it. It's comfortable. I feel that. It's, uh, yeah. it's not. It oh, is it nice. nice. It did well in mosquito weather. Feels good. I like it. I didn't get to feel it. Oh no, it's all right, man. Don't worry about it. So on today's episode, we're gonna we're gonna talk to another individual, um, Mr. Jesse Lee from Cross Trail Outfitters. Um, before we get started, though, we're gonna give a customer shout out to Mr. Tim Coates. We appreciate you, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Tim. Tim. But on today's episode, we have a individual named Jesse Lee from Cross Trail Outfitters, um, and he is going to kind of tell us a little bit about Cross Trail Outfitters and what they do and what they're about. So, are you there, Jesse? Uh, yes, Jason, I sure am. Absolutely. So... Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, and then tell us about Cross Trail Outfitters um, as an organization, what you guys do, um, how many chapters you have, and everything else. Um, so, so just maybe first tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got affiliated with Cross Trail Outfitters. Okay. Um, I, I'm Jesse Lee. I live here in High Point, North Carolina. Um, I'm in charge of the, or the outfitter for the triad chapter here in the uh, High Point, Winston-Salem, Greensboro area. Um, I got affiliated with Cross Trail Outfitters and started working with them in 2010. Um, I guess our 10-year anniversary will be in October. And we, you know, it, it came to me through a friend of mine who heard about it as at that time Cross Trail Outfitters as it was coming to North Carolina. Um, Crossville Outfitters started in San Antonio, Texas in 2004 and has grown um, to be nationwide. Right now we're in nine different states and we have 16 chapters in North Carolina. Uh, you know, some more about me. I love to hunt and fish. Um, I love to bow hunt. I love to fly fish, I love the bass fish, I just love the outdoors, but my favorite thing to do is share share that with other people, especially youth, and that's what Crossville Outfitters is, is it's a, an outdoor youth hunting and fishing club that focuses on sharing Christ through the outdoors, um, but also sharing the outdoor heritage and investing in the youth to help encourage the youth in getting in the outdoors to help offset the numbers that are declining. Um, if you look at the, the hunting license and fishing license purchases, the, the youth age group has declined quite a bit, and those numbers have fallen off over the past few years. And so we want to promote that with youth. Um, just like tonight, you know, I had a little event getting ready for dove season. I think we had 
10 youth that were there and some of their parents. But we just spent the last two hours uh, shooting skeet. And, you know, I had one boy there who never shot a shotgun before. And so we also teach kids firearm safety. We get firearms in the hands of youth. We put archery equipment in the hands of youth and fishing rods. So that's what Cross Trail Outfitters is. Um, so more about me, I have uh, two children, um, 16-year-old and 13-year-old that are growing up and being in the outdoors. And uh, my daughter's just 13, just kind of showing some interest. She killed her first two deer last year, made me a proud, proud dad. Awesome. Uh, my son has harvested deer and, you know, turkeys and bears. And, and again, just proud that he could do those things and I could be there with him. Yeah, that's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. So with, with Cross Trail Outfitters, um, I, I know you said it is for the youth and everything else. I mean, are are these youth that are not normally capable of getting into the outdoors, or is it is it just youth that are interested in and they look up Cross Trail Outfitters and they're able to to hit you guys up and go on a hunt? Um, how how does that work? Okay, that's a great question, Jason. Um, we work with youth, mainly boys. Um, we do have some girls, but our main focus is on boys. And and it really, it's any, any youth. Um, I've got kids in my chapter that are from affluent families, some that are from a normal, you know, family, and some from broken families, and and all in between. And that's kind of how Cross Trail Outfitters is. Is we, our focus is on the you know reaching the youth. You know, we a lot of times we get kids that you know they just stumble upon us on the internet, or they hear a, a podcast like this, and they hear and all oh, that sounds pretty good, and we'll um, and they look us up. Word of mouth is the biggest thing. Usually a kid will wear a CTO hat to school or a shirt, and somebody else will be like, what is that? Or they'll talk about one of our weekend outings that we've done or one of our summer camps that they've been on. And, you know, we do our best to give them that outfitter experience and give them a great hunt or fishing trip as best we can. And they get excited about it, and they tell their friends. Or a dad will have, or a mom, really, the mom's doing a lot, well, their son or, or daughter will come home and they'll be like, man, I did this and we did this. And, and I got to, you know, hike three miles and then scurry down a mountain. And then we caught big trout and it was awesome. And so those parents tell other parents. Word of mouth is a lot of how we get our, our kids that are involved. You know, we are a year round hunting and fishing ministry. You know, we don't just do a one time event and that's it. Uh, like for me and the other outfitters, our goal is to build relationships with the kids and come alongside the family to be there to help them. You know, some people call it mentorship. Some people call it discipleship. Call it what you want to. We just want to be there to invest in those kids, to build them up, especially in the outdoors. But our, again, our main focus is on sharing Christ and helping them grow in that relationship so that down the road they can be strong men or women um, of faith that love the outdoors. So so that being said, I mean, ha- have you seen where 
CTO, like you personally, have you seen where CTO has changed the lives of, of either youth or people that have been involved with it? Um, yeah. On that standpoint? Yes, sir. I have seen um, kids that have come into our organization and, and again, you get out of it what you put in it. But I have seen and experienced youth that have had life-changing experiences in the outdoors um, where they have had a moment to really encounter the Lord and it makes a big difference. And I've also seen that impact their moms and their dads. Um, I've got, like right now, I've got a couple uh, young men that have been involved for the past four, five, six years. Because I've got some that are, you know, now it's kind of sad to me because they're getting older and starting to kind of age out and get jobs and work. And I don't really get to hang out with them as much. But those, those young men, and there's a couple ladies in there, but those young men have really grown in their faith and they've grown as people and and I have seen it change their lives and, and I could I mean myself and all the other outfitters could give you lots of testimony to that because we see it a lot. Um it it's just something about being outdoors and you guys probably realize this as well as being hunters or fishermen and when you're in and there's something about being outside when the sun's coming up and the animals are starting to make their chirping and the birds are waking up and that's the horizon starting to light up and the air cools down and you know you hear a deer kind of slipping through the woods or you hear a wood duck zipping by giving that whistle i mean there's just a way for the kids to really experience something you know we don't when we're on our outings and things we really don't promote cell phones a lot of times we go where there isn't any coverage anyway um but i you know i try to unplug them so that they can get rid of those distractions and really hone in and focus on what are we doing and why are we doing it yeah. and we give them questions like a question of the day with some scripture background to it to help them grow in that and, and question. Um, and everybody's answer would be different. You know, these questions don't have a right or wrong answer because it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I, Jesse, uh, my name's Nick. I don't know that we've ever met, but um, my brother-in-law has done a hunt with his son with you guys. And I don't know if he if he did it with you or I'm I, I'm not sure who he did it with, but they had a great time. Um, and I, we all four here on the podcast we've talked about uh, what you just said that you know youth and really even an, an adult. I'm sure some of the parents through um, you know their child being a part. It's changed them, and they've got to see things that maybe they've never grown up seeing, like that wood duck flying over at daylight. Or um, we've all said that everybody, we think, should hear a turkey gobble in the woods at some point in time in their life. It's just that awesome, right? So, and if you can, if you can um, plant that seed in a youth um, of experience in that turkey gobble, or 
uh, or just seeing that deer or, or catching that fish, that's something they won't ever get rid of. Um, you know, they may not be grow up to be avid outdoorsmen, but they'll always remember that. They'll always have that story to tell, you know, when they were a kid. So that's great. Oh, yes, I agree with that 100%. Um, not everybody's going to grow up to be that avid outdoorsman or the next Michael Waddell, if you will, or Hank Parker. But um, but just like this past summer in our summer camp, there was a, a handful of boys. You know, they were 40 miles offshore, and a estimated six to 700-pound blue marlin was in their baits and jumping, and but they didn't hook him up. But yet they got to experience that, right. and that's something that they won't forget. That's right, yeah. sir. Yeah, and I think too, just kind of to elaborate on the fact that some of these kids may not grow up to be hunters or avid outdoorsmen. Um, I've all, I've always said that just because you don't hunt or you don't fish doesn't mean you're anti-hunting or you're anti-you know mm-hmm. some of these things. Um, you don't have to do them. Um, but you can respect the fact that somebody needs to be hunting and, and, you know, keeping game in check and that sort of thing. So the educational part of that might, might even be more important as far as the hunting goes, um, than just, just experiencing it and trying to make hunters out of these kids because they're not all going to be hunters, but the fact that you guys, um, you know, tell them about Christ and, and, uh, and really relate that, you know, God made this for us to enjoy and, and use and respect. And, and, uh, so anyway, I, I think it's great. It's a great organization for sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thinking about something you just said about teaching, um, management of the wildlife, um, we do work with a lot of our landowners and, you know, some landowners, we get it, we'll get to usually come and hunt and they'll let us shoot some of their, their does or their coal bucks. And so it's learning how to tell the difference between a button buck and a young doe mm-hmm. and teaching them that and teaching them, all right, well, this 10 pointers walked out here, but the landowner said, we don't, he doesn't want us to shoot that one, but this six pointer that's kind of got this weird rack. He wants to take that one out because it's, you know, about seven years old and, and even teaching them that management as well. So we do a lot of those things. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I got to think too, that you guys need to have, uh, some pretty good partners as far as the landowners go. Uh, it's, it's got to, I know you guys can do some public, ground stuff but it's really nice to have a landowner that'll let you come on some private ground and and be safe and and know where everybody's at and all that stuff yes sir landowners are one of our biggest assets um you know we have because we are a non-profit and we you know we need financial group partners we need landowners to let us come and do our activities on their place um we need people to just come alongside of us and volunteer as well you know, the thing with the landowners, Cross-Sell Outfitters as an organization, we have a liability insurance that, say, you, Nick, if you had 80 acres or 200 acres or 5,000 acres, and you said, you know, we, you guys can come and do a hunt here, but what about the liability? We can add you as the landowner on the insurance to give you liability coverage 
while we're on your property should something happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's something that we do offer to the landowners to help ease that burden and to let them come in. The other thing that I really work with our kids on, just like the place that we just left, you know, we just shot, you know, I don't know, probably five or six cases of shotgun shells, but the kids before we left, you know, we cleaned up the trash, we cleaned up the spent holes, we picked up plays we didn't break, we put it back better than we found it. Um, So we do those things as well. We'll go and help landowners clear trails, hang deer stands, build deer blinds. You know, we we do all of that just because it builds ethics. And it also, those things can carry over into other life skills, such as having a job, being a good employee, or being a good boss. Oh, for sure, Um, you know, being a good family person, you know, it's not all about me, you know, it's about us and, you know, trying to overcome being selfish and putting yourself first. You can apply that in all aspects of life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Which is, which is rare these days. <laughs> it seems like. <clears throat> so, if if somebody like a landowner wanted to like help cross trail outfitters, how how would they go about doing that? Okay, it would really depend on where the landowner was located. Um, but if they go to our website, um, teamcto.org, they can find the national page. So I know Jason, you had mentioned that you have listeners all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a landowner in Texas that wanted to help, he would look at Texas and then contact the state director, uh, Kevin Potts in Texas. In North Carolina, they can pull up the map and see where our chapters are and then contact the particular chapter that's closest to them. Or if they wanted to help out, say, say me, I, we travel, my, my group, yeah, we'll go three hours east, west, north, south. We really don't have much land access in Guilford County in our surrounding area in Forsyth. Um, so that would be great if there was somebody listening that thought, man, I've got some deer or some turkeys or some squirrels or ducks or whatever that I'd like to share. That would be incredible for us. Um, but they could contact me on that. If, again, if it's somebody further out there may be a chapter closer to them that they want to work with or they could talk to our state office I mean, there's just different ways they could do that and then so talking about the youth is there a what's the age limit for the youth um to be able to be involved with it okay we we start with kids around seven years old and we say seven to twenty okay But usually what happens is some of our youth, when they get 16, they start driving, they start working, they start chasing other things. You know, they kind of start phasing out. But we still have some that are involved that are 16, 17, 18. And usually when they go to college, they might be involved a little bit. Usually what we see at that point is uh, someone who's kind of come up through the ministry and the organization, we try to partner them if they are willing and able to do this. 
we would partner them with a younger, say, a 13, 14-year-old, and then they can start giving back and investing what they've learned. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the, bulk of, the bulk of our group is that fifth grader uh, to about a junior in high school. That makes up the bulk of it. Um, but like tonight, I had I had a couple young men that were there uh, shooting skeet with us that were nine years old, you know. And I had a you know, first time uh, shooter. I had a, a young man there who never really shot a shotgun before, and so it just depends on the maturity of the the child or the youth. And uh, so, and and we kind of tailor what we're doing. Like you know, seven year old. You know, I'm not gonna put them in a blind to hunt a bear with a big rifle because it doesn't work. But I would bring in a blind with another youth that was older on a bear hunt and let them watch mm-hmm. and observe. Um, or, you know, we, you know, if we're fishing, we're all in. Everybody can fish. And so I try to, and I think we as an organization, we really try to put the, the, the children and the youth in positions where they can be stretched but at the same time where they can succeed right? because we don't want them to get frustrated or, you know, give up on it. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so you, I, you were just talking about a bear hunt. So what, what all kinds of hunts and stuff do y'all do? Um, is there like a wide range of hunts and fishing trips uh, that y'all do? It is. Yes, sir. It is wide open. Um, and it depends on the, the outfitter, the chapter, and the location and the land access. You know, for my particular group, you know, we hunt deer, we hunt ducks, we hunt turkeys. We have bear hunted when we've had the opportunity. Uh, we're going on a pig hunt in a few weeks. It's the first pig hunt we've been able to do. Um, we hunt squirrels. When we fish, we fish everything from Pan fish in ponds and farm ponds because that's a great way to learn and a lot of fun. Uh, we go mountain trout fishing. Uh, we'll go to the coast and fish. We'll go offshore, inshore. You know, the, the gentleman that's in Washington State, I know he's taking some of his CTO kids on elk hunts. Uh, some of them have been on mule deer hunts. And, you know, it just depends on, you know, the, the resources available to the the outfitters that are even cross-show outfitters in those different chapters. So, yeah, it's a, it's a wide open. We do about anything outdoor hunting and fishing related. Um, there's even one uh, chapter out of Manio, uh, Josh, he'll even take boys snowboarding in the winter. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So it's not, it, yeah, it, so he, you know, so again, but that's something he loves to do and is passionate about. And so he'll usually take a couple, you know, snowboarding trips just because in February after duck season, you know, it's not a whole lot of outdoor type stuff to do. So he started doing that a few years ago. So we do, I mean, all that kind of stuff. So, so with that being said, so how, I know y'all are a nonprofit, how, how does it work as far as y'all going on fishing trips and hunting trips, I mean, going offshore, obviously everybody knows that going offshore is not cheap. How, how does CTO come up with that money to, to basically take the kids on all these trips? Okay, great question, great question. Um, we work with different 
people that have, like, say, for an offshore trip, we might have a a boat captain or a boat owner that says, hey, I'd like to take some kids offshore, and he'll give us a cut on the price, okay? So that's one way is we get, you know, people will offer discounts and stuff. Some people will just straight up donate it, okay? But then on a lot of our outings, you know, our trips and things, you know, we put a little bit of a cost on it to the family uh, or the, the, the youth. And it's usually, it depends on what we're doing, but let's just say it's anywhere from $20 to $100, okay? Some families can pay that, no problem. Some can't. And this is where the the financial root partners come in. We have people, just like say you guys, that would donate um, money to our organization to cover those costs. So we can scholarship kids. Um, we can offset that cost from those funds. And so we'll have people that just invest monthly, quarterly, yearly, business owners out of their business, individuals out of their normal grocery budget um, will donate because they see the value in what we're doing and they're investing in the youth and in the ministry that we're doing. And so that has how we offset a lot of that cost, Jason, is, to, is through that, those friends. Now, we also do fundraisers. Um, we usually do a banquet this year with COVID is kind of crazy. So our chapter is not going to do the banquet. Some had to push their banquet. So we'll raise money that way. Um, we'll do raffles. You know, I'm working on a, a raffle, a fishing rod raffle for this fall for our particular chapter. So we'll do different fundraisers as well throughout the year to get money to cover the expenses of shotgun shells or gas to drive somewhere or the camping sites or the food and the gear that we need, those kinds of things as well. But the bulk of it comes from the financial root partners, the people that invest into what we're doing out of the goodness of their heart because they see the value in it. And a lot of times the kids never know who those people are, but I would ask my kids that that have had those things happen where they've been sponsored. I will ask them to write a thank you note and just give them an address and they'll mail them a thank you. So, because some people want to remain anonymous. Now, some people, they don't care if they know, so we'll use their names and stuff. But just give me an example. I had a gentleman yesterday. He gave me a handful of fly rods and fly reels and some fly fish and stuff. And he said, if you can use this and give it to kids to use, that's what I want to use for. So today I gave, I don't know, like six fly rods and reels to different kids in my chapter that are showing an interest in fly fishing. And these rods and reels are probably three to $500 setups. Oh, wow. Wow. Stuff that these families just wouldn't go out and buy for their kids. Um, so we, you know, again, so that's where that stuff comes from. It's from other people investing in what we're doing. Absolutely. That, and, I mean, that's, and, Hey, Jesse. 
This is Chuck. Sorry. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck's the quiet one. He, he didn't know if he could talk or not. Yeah, Sorry. I had my hand up, so I was waiting for a pause to jump in there. Man. I also um, haven't spoken and would like to speak. Yeah, well, you want to go? <laughs> no, I'm scared. No, man, I, uh, this is a great conversation and just um, it's an awesome thing you guys do. Um, question about kind of along the same lines as the, the, you know, the funding, but I know you, you, you use volunteers. And so if there are people that want to volunteer their time, you know, adults to, to just help out, um, same thing, just kind of go to the website and pick a chapter near you and just get in contact with that particular person such as yourself. Is that the way that works? Correct. So, Chuck, let's just say you live near High Point and you wanted to get involved with our chapter. Okay. Uh, you would contact me as the outfitter, mm-hmm. and then you and I would start a conversation. And what what we would do as an organization and what I would do is we background check mm-hmm. our volunteers. Now, if you're just going to be involved on in a big event, you know, like tonight at the skeet shoot that we did, you know, it was a, it was a big group. There's parents there that were helping out and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a little different. But somebody who's going to be involved on a regular basis with the kids, yeah. we're going to background check them. We're going to um, give them something we call mystery safe training, mm-hmm. which is something un- it's not a lot of fun to go through but it's important and necessary and it helps to protect the children but also to protect you as the adult volunteer yeah and so we would do those things and then you would start being involved and in however you wanted to as mm-hmm. much or as little you know so say you're big into archery and you wanted to start working do it in that direction well we would you, that's where you would be, but if you say, "Hey, I don't fish," well, I'm not going to ask you to come on a fishing island. Yeah, um, you know, but vice versa. I've got some guys that love to fish; they don't hunt, mm-hmm. and so those are the ones that I talk to when we're going to go fishing. Um, so it just depends on how the volunteer wants to get involved. But we do need volunteers, um, you know, and we need people that know how to cook. You know, it's awesome to have somebody who knows how to cook over a campfire to come and do that on one of our trips. Mm-hmm. You know, because it just makes the whole thing that much better. Um, and we're also always looking to start new chapters. So if there's somebody that was interested, say, you know, I might be interested in doing that. I, I could see me doing that. Um, we do have a process that we go through to start those chapters. But we're always looking to start new chapters because there are more youth to be ministered to and invested in than we are currently reaching Mm -hmm. and we would love to be able to reach them all, but that's going to take more volunteers and more people with the passion to teach the youth to get involved and start chapters. Yeah. So are chapters more County oriented or, or kind of regionally like Piedmont, you know, triad area than the triangle and down East Uh, and more Western. mm -hmm. Uh, Great question. Right now, the way the way our chapters are right now, especially in North Carolina, I'm talking specifically North Carolina, we range from Asheville, Hendersonville, all the way to Mania. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so if you think there's 100 counties in North Carolina, and we currently have 16 chapters, we're not even in all the counties. Yeah. Some counties have more than one because that's how it's worked out. Mm-hmm. Um and so 
it, it just depends on where that chapter would be located. Yeah. Uh, like right now, for me, the closest chapter is Mac up in Caswell County, mm. and his is called the Piedmont chapter. Mm. And so, but he's an hour away. So we do things together, but I would love to see a chapter, you know, in Reedsville, Summerfield, Oak Ridge. I mean, realistically, and I hate to make this comparison, but, mm-hmm. you know, the Boy Scouts, you can have multiple Boy Scout units within a city because they were affiliated with different churches. Crossroad Outfitters could potentially be the same way. Like, High Point is big enough to have two chapters, you know, because you've got South and North uh, or East and West. I mean, you could have a chapter in Archdale and a chapter in High Point. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just depends on the people that are interested and where they're located. And as they're brought to our ministry and our organization, um, where they're located, because obviously if they're really close, then you might do something together and it's a little bit, it's not, two separate chapters it would just be one but if they're mm-hmm. if they are far enough apart it would be feasibly be two in a town or like you say raleigh raleigh's so big there could be eight or ten chapters yeah. in raleigh alone yeah so it just depends on the location mm-hmm. in the region but we're looking to start those chapters mm-hmm. so what would you say like per chapter i mean you know when a chapter reaches a certain number of of kids for example I mean, it would look to me like you could almost have, you know, especially if it's one guy and, and, and just to say you, you only have a few volunteers, if you got too many, not enough volunteers for the amount of kids. So, that, I mean, you, is that when you could, is there a limit that you look at on that in terms uh, of there is not a There is not a limit. We mm-hmm. don't cap it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each, each chapter looks different. Yeah. Uh, like some some of our chapters because we meet once a month and what we call a family night or a sportsman's night mm-hmm. okay, where we do a, a, we'll teach a skill have a guest speaker sometimes it just depends on you know where we're at but like for me um, coming up in September uh, we'll have our, our meeting we just had it in August and we will talk about probably bow hunting or archery mm-hmm. in September because that's kind of the season that we're in. Yeah. And it doesn't always, but usually lines up with the seasons that we're either going into or in the middle of. Mm-hmm. And so you might, some of our chapters might have 75 to a hundred people come to that. Wow. And a, a lot of those people, that's the only time you really see them is at those events, yeah. but they're a part of CTO. Then you'll have people that, like in my chapter, you know, we have about 25 that show up on a regular basis. Um, just because, and I've got mm-hmm. kids coming to my to my meetings from Lexington and Thomasville mm-hmm. and uh, Wahlberg, High Point, you know, from the yeah. surrounding areas mm-hmm. coming in. But then for our outings and stuff, because those, depending on the outing specific, we may be only able to bring three, four, eight uh, kids or yeah. youth to that particular outing mm-hmm. because because of volunteer needs or because of landowner requests. Yeah. Um, and so in that instance, so then you brought that big group down to this handful 
And it's really the ones that signed up for that particular outing. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that you work with. But what we'd like to see is as families get more involved, we see the same kids show up more because that's how we build those relationships mm-hmm. and how we can really start to invest in those particular kids. Yeah. Because, you know, if a kid just comes one time and goes on a duck hunt and you never see him again, or you only see them two or three other times in a year, it's hard to build that relationship. Yeah, sure. Whereas if you've got a, a, a kid that is involved and they come on, say, four, like an outing a month, and you get to see them and spend, build that relationship with them, then over time, you've really been able to invest and sow into that person's life. Mm-hmm. And that's really a, the main focus of what we do. Yeah. And so it, it limits itself, but we don't put a cap on it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I can see that where, you know, I mean, the logistically speaking, that I can see exactly what you're talking about. And then, of course, the funding and, I mean. Mm-hmm. And just, funding mm-hmm. makes a difference. Yes, sir. Just mm-hmm. so much involved. And we do, yes, yeah, so there's a lot of facets mm-hmm. to this organization. Like, we do a big swan hunt that we've been doing for the past eight or nine years. It's a statewide event and it's a CTO event. And so a lot of our CTO kids apply for swan permit. Mm -hmm. Some get them, some don't. But like last, last, I guess it was in January, but at our swan hunt we did at the end of uh, the season last year or last season. Yeah. You know, we had about 125 people there, mm-hmm. and I think we harvested 85 swans yeah. out of two blinds in one day. Yeah. Wow. Goodness. Uh, so it, that's a huge event, and, I mean, there's a lot of little conversations going on. It's like a big family reunion and mm-hmm. people you've only seen once a year and kids. And, and like, my, my youth in my chapter, they have friends all over the state. Yeah. Because... Because we do other or do outings with other chapters, and so they make friends with these other boys and girls that are out there, and you know, with their cell phones, you know, they're texting or social media and keeping up with everybody. So they have friends all over the place, mm-hmm. um, which is really great. And so, in that aspect, we're reaching a lot of people at one time. Um, you know, if we do a family fun day, reaching a lot of people at one time. But the main stay of our organization is the outings, which are either overnight or a weekend or just a day trip. But again, that limits the number that you're interacting with at that particular time. Yeah. So then you're only reaching a handful. Yeah. Do, do you ever partner with other nonprofits? I mean, do you? Uh, we or, do. Or we do. Mm-hmm. Wild Turkey Federation, do they kick in and help out? Like you know, uh, they with, do from with the Jakes and stuff like that. Uh, it uh, it depends on the chapter. Right. Uh, like Mac up in uh, Caswell County, he has a great connection to the NWTF, mm-hmm. and they do a lot together. Yeah, uh, North Carolina Bow Hunters has done some stuff with us over the years, and so it, when we can partner with other organizations, we mm-hmm. do. Yeah, and yeah. so it's uh. 
but yeah, we encourage that because mm-hmm. it's again, it's not all about us. It's about trying to reach the same goal in the end. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's pretty cool. So, Jesse, this so, is uh, Brandon here. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Uh, so you you kind of mentioned you know your relationship with Christ being the foundation of this organization, right? Yes, sir. So do you do you guys like your overnight outings and even the the bigger events? Are you guys like having dedicated like Bible study or devotional times or how how does that work out? Uh, great, that's an incredible question, and probably the most important question we've talked about. Um, we do have those times, and so I'll just I'll just give you a, a rundown on it, and what an outing would look like if you were to send your child with me for the weekend. We're going to leave on Friday afternoon, and we're going to come back Sunday afternoon, just to kind of give you that time frame. Okay, so. We get in the truck, and there would be, say, four youth and myself, okay? And for the first 10, 20, 30 minutes, it's, you know, getting the wiggles out. You know, we're going down the road, and it's, you know, hey, how's it going? How's football practice? You know, how's school going? You know, those kinds of things, just that relationship building type stuff. And with a lot of the the kids I have a relationship with, or even if I'm getting to know them, you know, I'll usually ask them some, some questions so they can kind of tell me about them and I can tell them about me and the other youth will join in. And it's just that camaraderie. So imagine going on a hunt, like imagine the four of you guys going on a hunting trip. That's what it would look like. Mm -hmm. But I would have, what I would call a question of the day or weekend. And if we're going out east, we're going to be in the truck for about three and a half hours. I usually would stop for dinner somewhere along Burlington or Raleigh, Durham. Just depends on what the boys are hungry for. And at dinner, you know, after we're sitting there eating, I would just start this conversation. And it's a, it's a soft, it's not a like in your face kind of thing at this point. It's just a, a soft question of, you know, it might even be, you know, where, where do you see God working right now in your family? You know, and some kids might look at you and be like, they just got this deer in the headlight look yeah. or they might go, I don't know. They might say, I don't know. And so what I would be like, okay, that's fine. It's okay. That's a great answer to not know. But then some other ones might have something to say because they've been around or their faith is a little bit stronger or mature would probably be a better word. And so they've seen God working in their their life or their family that week. Well, then we, we just start talking about that. Okay. And then we'll get to where we're going and we'll either camp or, you know, sleep in, in the house or put up our cots or whatever we're doing and we'll crash. The next morning we'll get up to go say we're going to go deer hunting so we get up at four o'clock in the morning the kids are half asleep you know i get them in the truck they usually fall back asleep until we get to where we're going then we would speak with the landowner and so if i've got four kids i'm going to take two with me and say the landowner takes two with with him and because we always go by the rule of three so that 
you know, again, we're all protected mm-hmm. in that world. But I would tell the landowners, hey, this is our question for today. And let's just say the question for today, which is now Saturday, is, you know, what does it mean to you to be a child of God? And so and I would probably give him a heads up beforehand just so he would know. So then we go getting our blind and we're um, we're sitting there waiting on the sun to come up and the sun's coming up. And, you know, then we start that conversation about creation and how amazing it is. Like you guys were talking about earlier, you mm-hmm. might be on a deer hunt, but you hear a turkey gobble right. or you hear a goose, a goose honk or that duck fly by or you see the cardinal out there on the corn stalk or whatever it is, or the fog lifting or, you know, that cold that drops in right as the breaking day and then it warms up and then you can just, and the first, you know, you just kind of talk to them and just say, you know, isn't God amazing and awesome and how amazing is this creation? And then you don't really talk them to death. You just throw that idea out there. Yeah. And if they respond, you continue the conversation, but you're just planting those seeds. Yeah. So then, say we've hunted, we harvested a deer, okay? So we go, and, and, and you know, we would have prayer in mixed in all of this. You know, we pray when we got in the blind. We pray before we made the shot. We pray to thank the Lord for the harvest. We would get the deer in the truck, and then, you know, we get it, you know, do the work, process the deer, get it skinned out. So then we get to lunch, and we're sitting around, and we're talking, and then that question of the day comes back up, and this time we bring in the scripture. And so I would probably go to John chapter 1, about the first 12, 13 verses, where it talks about the word, and it's really talking about Christ, and I would read that to them. And we would, you know, I just kind of start talking about that because there in along about verse 12, it talks about being becoming children of God through Christ Jesus. And what does that mean? And so, again, that question comes up. So we're starting that little bit of conversation. Well, then we go out and we hunt in the afternoon. And, again, we're sitting there. You're in creation. It's no distractions. We're just kind of focused. Uh, kids may take a nap. You may take a nap. Just depends. I was just, uh, we I, try was not just to sleep. I was just wondering where nap time was going to fall in because <laughs> yeah. that's part of deer hunting. Well, go ahead, Jason. Hey, we, sure. we, okay, we roll hard when we go. There's yeah, not a yeah. lot of sleep usually had. Yeah. And so, so again, we're back in the blind. We're having those conversations, and it, depending on how the kids respond depends on where the conversation goes. But you have that time to help them through some questions they may have or they might say you know what my sister is really annoying me mm-hmm. and so then you can help them through that or they might say you know my dad was diagnosed with cancer today mm-hmm. or last week well you can be there for them to help them work through that and what does that look like but the whole time you're steering them back to scripture you're steering them back to the lord mm-hmm. And then after our hunt that afternoon, you know, we didn't harvest the deer. So we go and eat dinner. We build a campfire because it's a beautiful evening. And we sit around that campfire. And then we start that question up again. But this time, we're just creating an atmosphere where the kids can share the answers that they've gotten through their time 
outdoors with the Lord in prayer throughout the day of what it means to be a child of God to them. Yeah. And then we can help them grow in that. So it's, it's built in throughout the entire weekend. It's not just, Oh, we're doing this at lunch or we're doing this at breakfast. Mm -hmm. Now, if we're doing an event that, and say a half a day, like on a dove hunt, which we have coming up on the 5th of, I think the 5th of September, whatever that Saturday is, um, that's going to be a half a day hunt for us. And so we're going to hunt doves. And then when everybody comes in to eat lunch, um, you know, it'll be more of a devotional type setting where, you know, I will share or someone will share some scripture and, and kind of like a little teaching on it. And hopefully it'll be related to dove hunting or something to do with the activity, you know, so that's a little bit, but it's, that is the most important part of what we do and why we do what we do is, you know, like the side of my truck says, guiding the next generation to Christ through the outdoors. Mm -hmm. That is the most important thing that we do. And everything that I do is geared towards that. Now, sometimes we have as, outfitters and adults we get caught up in the moment and have to be reminded hey it's not about the harvest because yeah. you know sometimes we're after killing a deer killing a limit of ducks shooting a bunch of squirrels or catching a limit of fish or whatever and the lord has blessed us over the years with great harvest I and mean, i could tell you stories and show you pictures and some of it is just hard to believe um but I'll give you a quick example. Uh, six years ago at summer camp, because we also do summer camps in the summer, we're in the Outer Banks, right there at Oregon Inlet. Um, on Monday, we didn't catch any fish hardly to speak of at all. I think we caught maybe one or two pinfish. On Monday night, two young men accepted Christ during our campfire time. And the next morning, we went. Uh, you know, we just had breakfast and went out fishing, and we went across the channel. Um, we went, you know, just right across the channel to an island over there with this got a little pier on it, and we started fishing. And we no longer got out of the boat and had a drum, like a slot drum, about a twenty-eight inch fish hooked up. Mm -hmm. And within five minutes, we had five boys hooked up with slot drum. <laughs> And so we called our other two boats. They came, and we spent the next five hours catching slot drum. And we estimated we caught 300-plus drum in wow. this one spot, did not move. If you could cast and hit the water, you would catch a fish. <laughs> Can you show me where the spot is? That's fish, awesome. <laughs> the fish were 27 to 32 inches. So some of them were over the slot. My goodness. Um, had some, but I really had some tired boys. Oh yeah, they, we quit fishing because they they were tired and they didn't even want to fish the next day. Because <laughs> we were catching them on you know six six and a half foot medium action spinning rods. Right. You know, That's and awesome. but but you know the scripture tell us tells us to seek first the kingdom of God mm. and acknowledge Him in all of our ways. And so when we do that. Things like catching 300 plus drum happen. Yeah. Um, and so that is, yeah, that's what we do and why we do it. That's great. And so, 
I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. So in that scenario, so let's say somebody does accept Christ. And do you guys have any partnerships with churches where you can get that kid plugged into a youth group? Or what does that look like after that happens? Because that's key. I mean, follow up and. That is key. You're correct. And so what we do is we, most of the time, if it's on a normal outing, we know those kids. They're usually from our area, from our towns, and we can plug them in because we do have partnerships with churches that are local, and we encourage that. Um, now, we do have some, like at summer camp, we get kids from all over. We get kids from all over the nation that will come to summer camp. And so when those kids leave, we can follow up as much as we can, but it really depends on the family they're going back to right. um, at that point. Like there's a young man who accepted Christ two summers ago, and he showed up to summer camp as a vow atheist. And he even said it. He said, me and my family are atheists. Mm. Well, through the process of summer camp and prayer and having that time in the Word, he accepted Christ and changed his view. And so, but for him, he didn't get plugged into a church because there wasn't a chapter near where he lived and his family, you know, that's not what they do. And so for him, the outfitters that were at camp have really stayed contacted with him through the year and encouraged him. And then he came back to summer camp and he's, you know, we're trying to help him find his way. Ideally, those kids are from a local chapter area and we do and can get them plugged into a church and a youth group. But also if I'll give you an example from one of the young men in my chapter, Crossrail Outfitters really was his youth group experience um, because his family didn't go to church or if they did, it was hit or miss. Um, they didn't go very often. And so but this young man, he he came. I don't know. He's kind of he's eighteen now, graduated from high school, so he's kind of moving on. But but for the longest time, probably for over about four or five years, you know, he was hanging out with us on a very regular basis. And you know, because I do outings twice a month, and plus our meetings and everything else, so he was getting his youth group experience through Crossrail Outfitters. Um, so sometimes that happens. So it really just depends on the the individual's situation and what they're going back to when they've accepted Christ. You know, one of the things, you know, we do is we let the parents know um, and encourage the kids to tell the parents yeah. just so that the parents know what's going on and, and, and if they are, a church going family, a family of believers, then they can rejoice in that and, and help their child grow. Like I said, we're not there to replace the family. We're there to come yeah. alongside and, and be a partner. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I think like to Brandon's point, um, you know, after you accept Christ, I think, um, we can all agree that it's even tougher, the discipling after that and learning and growing because, once you make that decision, it seems like, you know, the enemy's constantly on you. Um, but that that's good that you guys are able to plug in churches and, and then even be that youth group for some kids. So. Yes, sir. Good and stuff. you are correct in that the discipleship is the hard part. And, again, that's, 
that's our really our main focus. We just choose to do it through the outdoors. Mm-hmm. That's our niche um, because you know it's a great way to encounter the Lord and and have that time to reflect and think and prayer without distraction. And so yeah, that's but yeah, that's exactly the heart of it. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Well, CTO obviously is a great organization, and and you know we're glad you guys exist. Um, there's also um, another thing that CTO does, which is the Big Buck Contest for youth um, that started what I think two years ago. Um, yes, sir. That you know, t- tell us a little bit about it and, and how it works, and um, I mean. I know it works. We we had one of the winners came out of our shop, so I, I know it works. Um, but just tell us a little bit about it and, and the process of it. Okay. Uh, the, the Youth Big Buck Contest is something that's North Carolina specific. It's something that CTO North Carolina started uh, two years ago. We are doing it again this year, so we're getting started with that, uh, rolling that out. But it started as an idea to give back to the state and also to help encourage kids to get involved in the outdoors. Um, for the past two years, we gave the winner, you know, a youth, and it's for ages seven to 17, because we, we kind of shortened that a little bit, um, a Can-Am Defender. Mm-hmm. All right, so last year, the young man that won, who he's 14 years old, I guess, uh, he was given the keys to a Can-Am Defender, and he put it on a trailer and took it home. Absolutely. And same for the gentleman the first year. Now, this year, because second place, the first year was an antelope hunt at the V7 Ranch out in Nevada. This, and then last year, it was a trophy whitetail hunt in South Dakota, we started hearing a lot of people go, man, I'd hunt for second. Man, I'd hunt for second. So this year, doing something a little bit different, we made the uh, Big Buck trophy hunt in South Dakota the number one prize. So that's what everybody's going for this year. And and so that, and then the second place is a Weatherby rifle package. And our third place, I believe, was like a hunting blind set up and stuff like that. The top three winners all get a lifetime hunting license if they already have one, like one of the gentlemen last year, he just passed it on and gave it to the fourth place winner. Um, And so the way the contest works is we ask that they register before they harvest the deer. That's the key. Register first. Um, It's free. It's 100% free to the registrants. They sign up through our website, uh, www.teamcto.org. And click on North Carolina, and then you find 2020 Big Buck Contest, and then they register. It takes just a few moments. It's very basic information. Uh, once they've registered, they're in the contest, and they go hunt. They will receive a hat in the mail, a little bit of information about CTO, a score sheet, and the rules. The rules are legal means of harvest within the state of North Carolina. Uh, we ask that the deer are scored within 48 hours, and we've got we've partnered with different archery shops like Fuel Outdoor Gear throughout the state and other businesses and, and, and individuals and taxidermists and meat processors for that 
uh, scoring opportunity. And so, like Jason said, they scored the winning deer the first year we did this. And, you know, we know that's a preliminary score. It's not, and it's going to change a little bit. We expect it to change a little bit um, because we don't do the official score until March at the Dixie Deer Classic in Raleigh. Mm -hmm. We invite the top 12 to the Dixie Deer Classic. And we have a big booth in the in there, and we get the big some of their scores that are Boone and Crockett certified. They come on Saturday morning, and they score the twelve deer, and do an official Boone and Crockett score. Biggest deer wins. Um, you know, the first year we had, I think the deer was one hundred and forty three inches, and then second place was like one twenty something. Last year we had more kids register, but we had less deer. I think last year we had a little over 700 kids involved in this turn or contest. But last year, the top three were between like 128 and 121. So it was a little closer margin. Um, we're hopeful this year to have over a thousand kids signed up for this because uh, it's, a, it's just a lot of fun and there's a big buzz about it. It's great prizes. Also, if say you don't shoot any bucks that you can i would send in any buck if you if even if it's a cow horn score it and send it in um but also if you harvest a doe take a picture with you and the doe send it in and we put those into a drawing and we give away prizes because we have different um manufacturers that donate stuff that we can give away sometimes it's guns sometimes it's prints i mean it's just all kinds of different stuff and it depends on the year those do change um, and so that's pretty much the contest in a nutshell. And again, it's free to the individual, um, to be a part of that. Now this year we are seeking sponsors that would sponsor the tournament and, you know, anywhere from a title sponsor of say $25,000 on down to a contributor, uh, some, uh, someone or a business that wants to be in that 500 to $1,000 range and everywhere in between. And so we're really, and we'd love to have somebody sponsor the hat so that we could put their name and logo on our big buck contest hat that we're going to send out. So that would be over a thousand hats uh, within the state of North Carolina that would have that logo on it. And so we're looking for somebody that would be interested in sponsoring those as well. Um, but really the contest is to give back and to encourage people to take youth hunting and get them out there. Um, you know, a side effect of that is, you know, we hope people get involved with Cross Trail Outfitters. We hope that new chapters come from it because somebody learns about the organization mm -hmm. in an area that we don't have a chapter. And they're like, you know, I'd like to start a chapter or we just get more kids involved in our organization. That's kind of a side benefit, but not the main focus on this. And so that's the big buck contest in a nutshell. That's Absolutely. Awesome. Did you say forty was the upper age yeah, limit? I, I identify as a twelve-year-old uh, boy with my mentality. <laughs> Jesse, take me. <laughs> um, no, but the way that you could get involved in that is find a, a youth, either one that lives in your house that's one of your children that is between that age of seven and seventeen, and. You put them before yourself and let them shoot the big deer that you've been growing and grooming for the past four years. Yeah, there you go. Can't do that, Josie. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, I got two inches you know, in my that, house. We don't have any big deer <laughs> we've been grooming. But. 
Yeah, we'll definitely uh-huh. definitely take uh-huh. the kids hunting. Yeah, but yeah, that's the way that the adults can get involved in that, and it's a lot of fun. And I think the adults that do that, they get rewarded in a way that lasts a lot longer than the thrill of pulling the trigger on a big buck. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Well, that is awesome. Um, If people want to or or youth want to sign up for that, they just go to uh, crosstraileoutfitters.com. Yes, you can. Yep, they can go to teamcto.org and then click on the North Carolina uh, on the map. And that'll bring them to the North Carolina website. Or if they were to Google uh, CTO space NC, it should bring up that website as well. Um, they can find us on Facebook. I believe there's a registration link on our Facebook page. Uh, Instagram would have that as well. Um, so they can find us, you know, again, social media or online where they register online. Uh, we do have a mail in registration if somebody needs that. Um, but the online is way faster and more guaranteed. Absolutely, cool. You don't have you don't have to worry about the postal office losing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a reality. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we All thank right. you. Thank well, you for your time. Seriously. Um, anything else you want to plug or promote, or any final words before we let you get back to your night? Um, no, sir. I really think that's about it. I mean, anybody in our local area, um, around Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point, Archdale, Lexington, Thomasville, those, that area that has questions or anything, feel free to contact me. I'll be glad to answer them. Um, you can find my information on our website as well, but I really appreciate you guys being a part of this and allowing me to share something I'm very passionate about. And it's been great to get to know Jason and Jennifer over the years and um, have them as a partner in what we're doing and being being a part of reaching the next generation. So I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, well, thank That's you, Jason. Awesome. Thank yeah, you, we buddy. Can, we can tell your passion for sure, but we appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Thank All you right. so much. Yes, sir. Right. Have a good night. Have a good night. See you, buddy. All right. All right. You too. Pretty cool. Yep. Absolutely. I, I really, really encourage people if you listen to it to go register for it. It's free. You, you cannot make a mistake by doing it. Um, I was shocked the first year of the amount of kids that didn't register and then killed and, a deer and tried to. Yeah, yeah. and and, and it, enter their I deer. felt bad about it, but they registered last year. Yeah. And and for sure and and yeah, just like I say, you, you know, know, we yeah, exactly. I mean, what is the it first year? I, I would have never guessed that the winner would have come from a deer that, you know, a kid that came. You know, he's local, and I, I actually thought he would win because that deer was ginormous. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, he was a nice one. Yeah, so. Check out Cross Trail Outfitters. Um, if you want to get involved, go to the website. Check them out. We highly encourage it. That was a great podcast. Good. It was a good podcast. Good. You can tell good he organization. A, he has a good. whole lot of passion for what he's doing. Yeah. He Help. does. He really does. It's good, so, to, know I, that, I think good to know I, that they're out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought about doing the mentorship thing, like, honestly. But mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't think I'm smart enough, and I don't know if I'd pass the tests. Yeah, he talked about a lot of tests you got to yeah. take. So I think I'm out. I don't think you did. <laughs> There's no <laughs> test. 
As long as your background check turns right. out good. That's what I'm good. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lord have mercy. Parole officer. Escort. Chuck my PO. He's, he's a good guy. So, as always, thank you for listening to the Skinning Shed with Fuel Outdoor Gear. Um, you can visit us online at fueloutdoorgear.com. You can visit us here at the shop at 109 West White Drive in Archdale, North Carolina. And you can also visit us on social media at Fuel Outdoor Gear. And every Thursday, new episodes drop. So, set your uh, subscribe. How, it like automatically. Uh, Timer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just set, turn your notifications Yeah, that's on. it. Notifications yeah. and yeah. subscribe. And yeah. should come on there. Uh, any guests you'd... Can you hold... hold. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> You're like, you. Any guests you'd man. like us to have, uh, throw us out some ideas. And we're working on some stuff. But we appreciate y'all listening. And uh, tell somebody. Later. See you. Yeah.